Direct from Okayama City in the heartland of Japan, it's yet another episode of Planet Japan with Amy and Doug. Join them as they guide you through the wacky and the whimsical, the weird and the wonderful, from everyone's favorite planet, from sea to shining sea. It's time for another exciting adventure. And now, here's Amy and Doug. So, you want to hear a joke? Sure. I thought we'd take a look today at a, at a list of the world's shortest books, if you will. Oh, cool. Yeah, all、oh, this will be fun. I like to read short books. Oh, they're very fast. Very fast. Yeah, here we go. The Code of Ethics for Lawyers. Oh, we're taking a shot at lawyers. The Book of Motivated Postal Workers. Indeed. Americans' Guide to Etiquette. The World Guide <laughs> to Good American Beer. Well, we're piling it on Americans here, aren't we? Hey, wait, we're Americans. Well,、oh, okay. we can laugh at ourselves. I suppose so. The Royal Family's Guide to Good Marriages. Safe places to travel in the USA. Well, there you go. Cooking gourmet dishes with tofu. I like tofu. Career opportunities for history majors. Oh, good point. That'll work with philosophy majors, too, probably.、Mm. Yeah. Detroit, a travel guide. But you know, Detroit's in the World Series this year. Gambate to the Detroit、oh, Tigers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Go get them, knock them dead. If, if you're a Hanshin Tigers fan, You should probably、uh, root for the Detroit Tigers. There you go. You Good want, idea. Yeah, you want Tigers from around the world to kind of unite、mm-hmm. and, and kind of show your support. Right. Sure. Okay, next, the Amish phone book. And finally, Beauty Secrets by Janet Reno. Now, see, it just goes to prove we can make fun of a Democrat occasionally, too.、Uh, there you go. There you go. That's it. The one time, <laughs> write it down. Well, there you go. Here we are once again back with you on episode 72 of Planet. Japan. I'm Doug DeLong. And I'm Amy Moo Chavez. Welcome back to everybody, minus those people who have unsubscribed. <laughs> right. <laughs> For whatever reason.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we have lots of fun stuff to talk about. I hear you went on a little bit of a, a sailing trip recently. Ooh, I did. We、uh, sailed. It was a five day sail altogether、mm-hmm. from Shiraishi to Miyajima. Wow. Now, the trip down was only two days, and we took、uh, five people, five customers with us. Mm hmm. And on the way back, we had a Planet Japan listener. Indeed. And we did、uh, three days on the way back. And we, one of the places we stopped was Omishima, an island in、mm-hmm. the inland sea. And、um, yeah, Diane was a, a great person to have on board. It was nice to、uh, talk to a Planet Japan listener and、um, see what they're all about. Oh, sure. She's the one I talked to on the、uh, telephone. Yeah. Yeah. We did call you. That was fun. Yeah. And、mm-hmm. so I had a really good time. I wanted to send her a, a big moo. Well, Okay, if you have to. <laughs> Ready, Diane? This is for you. <laughs> wow, that was one、yeah. long move. She was a good sailor.、Mm, indeed.、Mm, good person to have on board. Sounds like fun. Oh, it was. We,、yeah. uh, on the way down, we had a full moon. We saw sunrises, we saw sunsets, we had lots Sunrise, of wind. Sunset.、Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyone want to sail through the inland sea? Then, yep, give me a call. Give you a call. Let's go. You're ready anytime they are. Yeah. Well, you know,、uh, sports days in Japan have become really big recently. Is that so? <laughs> Actually, I just wrote a column on this. Indeed. What a coincidence. But my big complaint was that we're not allowed to drink beer anymore at the sports festivals. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh huh. Yeah. And,、um, but no, the whole community has to go to these things. Whether you have kids in school or not, you've, you've got to go and cheer on the neighborhood kids. So these are sports day events at the local schools. That's right. And they were drinking beer? Well, usually, yeah, there's actually beer there. At school? Yeah. At school? 
Right, on the grounds. <laughs> well, of course, parents are going to be there. I mean, these are Japanese parents. They have yeah. to drink. Okay, fine. You know? mm-hmm, I sure. mean, otherwise, the, the men aren't going to come and watch. There you go. But actually, this year, they didn't have any beer, so we had to bring our own. And this was the interesting part. Now, our island's really small, so no one has to drive to the elementary school to you know, yeah. see the sports festival. However, since we had to bring our own beer, people drove uh, <laughs> so they could carry their beer. I see. And so they were forced to drive home after drinking. Not a good idea, probably. This is not a good idea. Yeah. Mm. They but drove right into the sea, I imagine. Well, no. We're quite experienced at drinking and driving on uh, the island. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, um, apparently sports days are becoming less and less popular these days mm. in the cities anyway. And uh, the reason seems to be that the, uh, the current youth... You know, those horrible, horrible youth. I've heard about them. Right? You know, this mm-hmm. is, it's always the same thing, you know. No matter what time in the world it is, the youth are always blamed for everything bad that's, well, that's going on. That's because the, the young people today, they just don't understand how you and I used to walk through, you know, 10 feet of snow to go to school. That's every right. Day. <laughs> exactly. That's right. And um, they're saying that since this generation has been uh, brought up on video games and stuff, that uh, they just cannot, you know, put forth the stamina for an entire day of sports. And that they're just tired all the time. They get sick. And that, you know, this really just is, looks like it's going to fade into the history of Japan. So we should just transform the sports day perhaps into a video game competition of sorts. Well, you know, I just... You would think that, I mean, kids are kids. Come on, you know, they, you got to get them out doing something. Speaking of video games, one of my students, a lovely woman, young woman, told me that uh, she was having a problem with her boyfriend because he would spend eight hours a day playing video games. She said this. Yeah, and I said, well, yeah, I can understand. You know, that would kind of be annoying for you. And I said, what does he do? What's his job? And, and she said, oh, he's a doctor. <laughs> and he spends eight hours a day on video games? Exactly my How point. How does he have that much time? I said, it seems to me like a doctor has more important things to do than spend eight hours a day playing video games. But this is a case, you know, like the ones we read about. You know, that the men aren't interested in sex and that, you know, they just want to be in their own little worlds. And Indeed. Wow. Next time I see a doctor, I'm going to ask him, how many hours a day do you spend playing video games? And if it's more than a couple, I'm going to find another doctor. Yeah, for sure. That's just my personal feeling. Well, there you go. Sports days in Japan may be uh, going through some changes. It does seem that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's too bad. People can't be bothered with them anymore. Well, I hear uh, everybody knows about the Nobel Prizes that they give out every year. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there are uh, other prizes, uh, even more important perhaps, called the Ig Nobel Prizes. Ig Nobel. Ig Nobel. <laughs> That's right. Ig Nobel. Yeah, these are um, held at Harvard University. And they're um, put on by the Annals of Improbable Research magazine. Of course. Right. (laughs) And these are really fun and funny Uh uh, prizes that they give to people. And one of the prizes goes out to that guy who invented the mosquito. Oh, the mosquito. I love that. I want to get one of those. His name is uh, Howard Stapleton. Mm -hmm. And um, he invented the mosquito, which which emits high-frequency sounds that teenagers hate. Only teenagers can hear, actually, That's right. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they're very high. They're, they're like, you know, like yeah. dogs. Well, there you go, yeah. yeah. So we're all dogs when we're born, are we? Till I guess so. you know, 25 or so. And it just drives them nuts, and they, they quit hanging out and causing trouble. Yeah, and it's interesting, the story behind why he invented this. He had sent his daughter to the store one day to pick up some milk, mm-hmm. and she's 15 years old. 
And she came home with no milk. And they asked her why. And I guess she had been intimidated by this group of teenage boys hanging out in front of the shop. Ah, local hoodlums, no doubt. Yeah. Juvenile so, delinquents. Yeah. So this guy, you know, got to thinking. And apparently he installed security systems for a living. Mm-hmm. So he started thinking about this, and he came up with this, you know, device. This and it's become, it's become quite popular uh, in various places around the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite amazing. Another one, now this is really interesting, goes to a guy who invented an interesting way to get rid of hiccups. Oh, tell me. First of all, his name is Dr. Francis Fessmeyer. And Dr. Fessmeyer fesses up that actually, <laughs> quite a while ago... In 1987, he wrote about how to get rid of hiccups by sticking your finger up your rectum. Sticking your own finger up your own rectum? Well, now, he, as a doctor, he did it to someone else because ah. this guy had these hiccups that would not stop. Indeed. And I don't know how many months this has been going on with these <laughs> hiccups. But, um, yeah, he wrote this paper, and it was called The Termination of Intractable Hiccups with Digital Rectal Massage. Now, that's a fancy schmancy way of saying sticking your finger up a guy's ass. That's right. That's a real euphemism, isn't yeah. it? Mm. So he got the uh, prize for that. Congratulations. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> and then um, one other guy, this, would, this was uh, Dr. Ivan Schwab. And I like this. This is really great. Mm-hmm. He got the award for his research on explaining why woodpeckers don't get headaches. Well, you know, I've often wondered about that. You would think if you're constantly pounding your head against a tree that you would get a headache. That's right. So why don't they get headaches? They didn't tell us. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody yep. found out. Mm-hmm. Now, my other question is, how, do, how does he know they don't get headaches? They don't take aspirin. Ah, that would tell the story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, gee, these are interesting uh, Interesting scientific breakthroughs that probably a lot of people don't know about. So, Doug, have you ever been stopped in the street by the police in Japan? You know, whenever a policeman approaches me, I just turn and run the other way. That's a damn good idea. Yeah. Because I certainly would never be afraid of policemen in Japan. Mm -hmm. They're just not the big tough guys that they are at home. But you never know what they're going to do or what they're going to ask you. Well, this is the thing. And I was approached once, just after I got into Japan, actually, and this uh, policeman came up, and uh, he was very nervous. I thought, what, what's going on here? I thought, maybe he needs some help. And he came up to, to me and this other guy I was with. We're both gaijin. And he starts asking us questions in English. Because we, we didn't understand any Japanese. We just, just arrived in Japan. Mm-hmm. So then he started asking us about you know, where we had been and where we were. And we thought it was a joke. We're like, yeah, this can't be for real. I mean, this guy, you know, he was just like so bashful and everything. And um, anyway, we went on our way and we thought, well, that was weird. And then the next day we had heard that someone had been uh, stabbed. Ah, and you and, look suspicious. In that area. Well, wow. of course, we're gaijin. We have yeah. to look suspicious. I suppose so. Because, you know, most crime in Japan is committed by gaijin. I think all crime. Oh, I'm sorry. You're, yeah. you're right. All. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, apparently, this is this police questioning or shokumushitsumon is going on a lot in Japan now. Like they're just approaching people on the street, even Japanese, and saying, excuse me, do you mind if I go through your purse and see what you've got <laughs> on you? A perfectly reasonable request. Sure. Yeah. And people are like, huh? (laughs) But of course, you know, they they think that they have to do this, right? So they're like, well, okay. And so this one guy apparently was carrying um, 
not quite scissors, but he was some kind of leather worker and he had some heavy mm-hmm. duty, you know, kind of cutting thing. Oh, that's not good. In his back. And uh, the policeman just confiscated him and said, you don't need this. Oh, it's too dangerous. Yeah, yeah too dangerous. Certainly can't get on an airplane with it. Well, apparently, this is a result of the Emergency Public Safety Program, which was launched in August of 2003. Mm-hmm. And um, they're trying to nab people, you know, for, like, carrying dangerous weapons. Ah. And so, I guess, apparently, these policemen have, like, a quota on, you know, people they have to catch. I see. So, they're just going after the average Joe and Josephine. And figuring that uh, occasionally they'll hit somebody who's got something they can confiscate. I guess, you know. Wow. But, of course, the thing that people don't know is they don't have to do this. They can just refuse it. They have, you know, the right to just refuse. So that's what people, of course, should do. Yeah. But But what happens if you actually do that? The police probably figure, oh, my God, what's he trying to hide? Well, that's exactly it. This ex-cop says that a cop already knows that almost everyone he stops for questioning will be a law-abiding citizen. However, if you refuse, they'll suspect there's a reason. Maybe the reason is it's just none of your damn business. Yeah. I know you're a cop and all, but what right have you got to just stop me for no reason and just look through my stuff? Yeah. Yeah, this is, last time I looked, a free country. Well, and, I mean, this is not, you know, the security gate at the airport. Exactly. So. This is not Gitmo. When when they start putting those security gates on the sidewalks, then we'll be in trouble. That's right. We'll know then. Metal detectors on the sidewalk. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there you go. Your police force at work for you, the average Joe. Well, let's talk about something a little cheerier, if you will. Like killer teddy bears? No, I was thinking more along the lines of a naked, pregnant Britney Spears. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Big controversy right here in Japan recently Mm -hmm. about uh, this lovely young pop singer from America who recently posed naked and pregnant for the cover of Harper's Bazaar magazine. No, that's bizarre. I was yeah you you might think so, but actually I thought it was kind of a it was kind of a nice photo. It was uh, it didn't really show anything. Come on, it's Harper's Bazaar. What are you gonna? It's not Playboy. It's you know anyway. They made a big poster and they were gonna put it in the Tokyo subway system to advertise the magazine. But uh, the local blue noses there they said, oh no, oh my God, she's naked. It will stimulate the minds of our young people and cause them to do really bad things. If you're 15 years old or younger, do not listen to do that not listen last to this. segment. No. Please Just reverse and erase. Call your mother and, and, and leave the room. That's right. Okay. <laughs> but the point is that uh, the, the publisher of the Japanese version of Harper's Bazaar, he complained. And he said, uh, that's ridiculous. But he finally agreed that he would put a kind of a black strip across the bottom of the photo to... So it wouldn't be quite so, quite so offensive to cover up. Yeah. His idea was he was going to put a message on the poster that said, in this place, we are not allowed to exercise the same level of freedom of expression as the original Harper's Bazaar. He was going to put that on the black strip. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Finally, though, the local Blue Noses relented and said, okay, fine, we give up, uncle. And they said, go ahead and show Britney Spears naked and pregnant in the Tokyo subway station. We have finally decided that the real purpose of the poster is just to show a happy, expectant mother and is not really uh, designed to be sexually stimulating. Uh, Britney Spears. She's a crazy girl. I'll say. She's a fun-loving crazy girl. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And I guess, uh, I don't know, has she had her baby yet? 
She looks very pregnant. Well, there you go. Good luck to Britney Spears and her naked, pregnant body. <laughs> <laughs> naked, pregnant body. Yeah. Okay, and, and congratulations to the local Blue Noses in Tokyo for finally getting their, you know, act together. Well, you know, I think um, we should probably do a Dick of the Week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Blue Noses there in Tokyo, they would have probably been a good candidate, but we're kind of letting them slide this time because we have an even better, a more deserving Dick of the Week. Much more deserving. Yeah, over there in China, our neighbor. This week, we're going to give our Dick of the Week award to Zhang Xinyan from China. He's 35 years old and... He jumped over a fence at the zoo and bit a panda bear. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, what you the hell? You don't see that every day. No. No. What a dick. Uh, he's a, he was a migrant worker there in China, and he, uh, he had four jugs of beer mm-hmm. at a restaurant, so he was feeling pretty good. He went to the zoo, and he saw this you know, cute little And panda he wanted to bear. share his beer with them. Uh, maybe that's four it. Four jugs. Yeah. You know? So he jumped over the fence. And uh, he went up to the panda bear because, you know, they look so nice and cute and friendly. But uh, the panda bear was sleeping. When he touched the panda bear, it woke up the panda bear and, you know, kind of scared the hell out of him. And he, and he smacked him. The panda bear smacked this Chinese guy. Mm. And the Chinese guy wasn't going to take that lion down. So he bit the panda bear. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. Oh, it's... Uh, you should never wake up anyone when they're sleeping. He no, ought to know that. Exactly. Really? You never know what's going to happen. Mm-mm. So anyway, he got uh, messed up kind of, you know, pretty good with from the panda bear. Took him to the hospital where he was quoted as saying, uh, no one ever told me that they bite people. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to touch it. I was so dizzy from the beer. I don't really remember much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's probably a good thing. A, a spokeswoman at the Beijing Zoo confirmed the incident happened but would not give any details. But Gugu, the panda bear, is oh, very healthy. Gugu, oh, Gugu is nice. fine. Good job, Gugu. Yeah. The guy she smacked around and bit, he's in the hospital, but she's fine. She did bite him. She bit him and, I guess, smacked him oh, around also. a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well. He's in pretty know. bad shape. Yeah, well, as she should have. The, guy, the, the woman at the zoo said, we are not considering punishing him now, the guy in the hospital, oh. not the panda bear. Because he has suffered quite a bit of shock. Yeah. Lesson learned. You probably don't want to jump over a fence at a zoo, no matter how cute the animal looks. That's right. Yeah. Panda bears are pretty damn cute, though. Mm. Oh, there was just recently, there was like 19 little baby panda bears born in China. 19? Did you see the, the same the, mom? Uh, no, various. Oh. Various mothers. Yeah. But they put them all together. That's unusual a, to have in so the same many place. Yeah. Yeah. Like panda bears. They were so damn cute. Yeah. You gotta love panda bears. Yeah. Oh sure. Okay, that's this week's Dick of the Week. Yay! Is it time for cowtails? Sure, why not? Oh yay! Let's yeah. do a cowtail. All right, I'm gonna teach you how to play cow chip bingo. Oh, cow chip bingo! Yeah, that's my favorite game. You know it. Oh sure. All right. Okay. Now this is what you do. There are 100 squares in a pasture, and um, this is kind of gambling. It is, yeah. You know? But you know, it's a little degenerate. Well, yeah. <laughs> The rules are simple. A cow is let loose in a field, and this is the pasture that has been divided into 100 plots. Okay? Mm -hmm. 100 squares. Uh Uh-huh. And then the first square that the cow lets loose into, I like that. Ah, lets Uh, loose into. Well, you know, shits. Yeah. Into, uh, is the winner. I see. So everyone, like, pays $20 a square. So you you actually buy as many squares as you want. That's right, at 20 bucks each. Uh Uh-huh. And then whoever the cow shits on. No, that not square. whoever the cow shits on. He doesn't actually shit on a person. Who's ever <laughs> plot 
<laughs> he shits on is That's the winner. Right. That's right. So if he takes a dump on your particular square, you are the winner. Yeah. And you're a rich man. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what I think is kind of cool is that they, you can buy this insurance for two bucks mm-hmm. to ensure that you're compensated for partial plops. Ah, partial plops, just in case it's not a complete plop. That's right. Ah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what happens if he, if he, if he, if he plops it right on, on the dividing line? Between two squares. Well, there are three judges, so that's up to them. Oh, so they make a judgment call on it. <laughs> they do. I see. That's why they're called judges. Well, you know, that sounds like a, a fun new game that I suspect may be sweeping the nation soon. Yeah. Except there aren't that many cows in Japan. <laughs> All you need is one <laughs> to play the game. That's right. One yeah. cow and 100 squares. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a fun uh, afternoon. Now, this takes place uh, in 29 Palms, California, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's this week's. Cocktail. Very nicely done. <laughs> well, you know, uh, in past shows, we've had uh, several stories regarding teddy bears. Mm-hmm. We uh, had that unfortunate incident where the security guard came in to guard the very valuable teddy bears, including one belonging to Elvis, Elvis Presley. yeah. And uh, just went nuts and attacked the teddy bears and destroyed them. That was the dog security guard. That's what I said. <laughs> what uh-huh. did I say? The security guard. Oh, yeah. The dog. I'm sorry. Not the security. The dog went nuts and tore up the uh, the teddy bears. Mm -hmm. Very unfortunately. Very. Oh, it's very sad. Mm. Yeah. But this week we have an odd story of a a teddy bear that actually turned out to be a killer. Ooh, a malicious teddy bear. A killer teddy bear. Ooh. 2,600 deaths. (gasps) No way. That's terrible. Oh, fish. Fish. He killed 2,600 trout and this was not for um eating purposes right oh no bears do eat fish that's right but this bear had already eaten so he wasn't really hungry Mm. yeah so this is just out of maliciousness did he do it with a gun so here here's here's exactly what happened somebody it's not known who but somebody dropped a teddy bear into the hatchery pool where the fish were living unfortunately the uh the teddy bear clogged up a drain in the pool and the clog blocked the flow of oxygen to the pool and it suffocated the unfortunate fish oh yeah that's it, so sad it was a paddington bear it was he was dressed paddington in, wouldn't do that you would think there's an imposter paddington bears have a reputation for being the most friendly and mm-hmm. least likely to kill any living thing that's right yeah so it is kind of surprising that the paddington bear was the one implicated in this particular crime. Must have been a very distant relative. But he is believed to be the first stuffed bear to actually cause fatalities at the facility. So congratulations for that. Mm. It's a new record. Wow. Yeah. Now, um, the guy that works there at the uh, hatchery, he uh, thought he should make a sign so people, this wouldn't happen again to, you know. Right, right. Yeah. The sign said, release of any teddy bears into the fish hatchery water is not permitted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That gets the point across. I think so. He urged anyone whose bear ends up in a hatchery pool to find a worker to remove it. He said, they might save your teddy bear and keep it from becoming a killer. He also added, it's kind of a cute little teddy bear, and people wouldn't think that a cute little teddy bear would be able to kill fish. Good point. Hmm. Not too many people would actually think of that. That's right. Yeah. So next time you go to a fish hatchery with your teddy bear, play it safe. Well, yeah, and I think teddy bears really should come with warnings now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't drop in a hatchery pool. That's right. Yeah. Do not let teddy bear near hatchery pools. That's right. Right. Okay. So just a word of warning. You know, this is a service that we like to provide for our listeners to keep the world 
a safer place. I think it must be time for... Audio mnemonics. Why not? Okay, this week's uh, kanji is the kanji for dai. Dai? Now, not to get killed and oh. die, but dai, D-A-I. D-A-I. Yeah. Gotcha. And uh, dai is, means like a, a charge or a cost for something. If you live in Japan, then you often look with horror at your denwa dai. Denwa dai. The telephone bill. Gotcha. Right? If you're calling overseas. Mm-hmm. And um, this kanji is uh, quite nice and simple. The whole kanji is only five strokes. Imagine a football field. Oh, I love football. Yeah. Go Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. And now imagine the goal. Got it. Now this goal has not been put together very well. It's you quite the, sloppy. The goal post. The goal post, right? Okay. Not well done. It's going to take a lot of money to fix it. Ah. Okay. Now if you look at it, the left pole is straight. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's got a something hanging off the top of it, you know, ah. some debris. And then the horizontal pole is mm-hmm. perfectly straight. Okay. Now, the right pole is at an angle. It needs to be straightened, too. Mm-hmm. And it has a little bit more debris on top of it, okay. a chong of debris. A chong, a Tommy chong. That's right. And if you listen to last week's audio mnemonics, you know what a chong mm-hmm. is. Sure. So this is... The word for die, and it is attached to the end of words to mean a charge for something. Mm-hmm. So as we said, denwa dai is your telephone charge or cost for the month. Heya dai is the room charge. Another example, when you go to the doctor and uh, they give you medicine, as they do, they distribute it at the hospital here, then you would have kusuri dai. Kusuri dai. Kusuri is medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you're having something repaired, you have shuri dai. Shuri dai. Right. Shuri is to repair something. And, of course, then the electric bill would be? Denki dai. Good. Denki Thank you dai. very much. Yeah. yeah. So, this is a very useful word. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's a die. Okay. Thank you very much. Sure. That's this week's audio mnemonics kanji. Yeah. And okay. if you want to learn more words, come over to my Audio Japan Lite. Subscribe. And uh, we'll get you on the 10 to 15 new vocabulary words a week program. You'll be speaking fluent Japanese in no time at all. Indeed. Yeah. Yep. It'll be great. And you can do that by coming to dollarbooks.tripod.com. Well, unfortunately, it's it's that time again. It's time to move along. Move. Sing happy trails and say goodbye. Sayonara. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We love our listeners, and we will be back next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. See you later. Sayonara. Bye.